Hi everyone, uh, this is another podcast. I'm dating it July 4th, 2023 because this is when I am doing this podcast and I'm dating it because my mother is still alive, thank God. But I do want to talk about when families fall apart because of greed, control, narcissism, and bullying that goes on between siblings the children of of parents and I want to talk about this it's difficult but I feel I'm not the only one my mother is still alive and my goal is and my goal has always been to to uh, revoke my brothers uh, two of them as her POA and executors so that uh, she'd be placed under the care of a public guardian and trustee and that the decision would be made to have my mother be removed from the facility that she's been at. Um, she has dementia, so at this point she won't remember uh, the room that she's been in for the last five years that she never wanted to go to in the first place. And that I, we bring her back to her hometown area here in Greater Sudbury. And so the reason for that is so that more family could see her, more visitors, more more of her grandchildren, great-grandchildren can come and see her. Uh, where she's placed now under the uh, POAs of two of my brothers, we don't know if they take her out, if they take her for a doctor's appointment or anything like that. And so we could make the two-hour trip to go and see her and that she'd not be there uh, and then come back home feeling dejected and lonely because of that. So my, this podcast is to talk about what happened with me and so on and so forth. I'm going to try to do it point by point because there's a lot. <clears throat> I, I have typed everything up on a transcript and a lot of the, the events that I've mentioned <clears throat> are in affidavits court-sworn affidavits that I've provided uh, to the courts, and so they are available for public viewing. And uh, if you're a lawyer out there and wish to help me uh, pursue this some more, then please reach out to me at email J for Joanne, M for Mike, B for Brent, J for Jessica, C for Chanel. There's eight of us in our blended family at hotmail.com jmbjc8 at hotmail.com. So this podcast is is what happened to me. And I maybe will revisit this a little bit later and go through certain events. But I'm going to try to just kind of list things point by point quickly. And uh, because I like to do this in 30 minutes. Before my father died, I started to realize I was being pushed out by one of my brothers. I have five brothers, so I'll identify him as brother number two. After my father died, my mother told me to go home after I noticed brother number two whispering to her in her ears, and she almost seemed angry at me. When I called my parents home after my father died, Brother number two would answer the phone, wouldn't give the phone to my mother, 
said she was busy and would tell me not to come out. Everything was done, which I realized was a lie. The casket wasn't chosen. The death certificate wasn't issued. Uh, the will wasn't read, etc. Of course, everything wasn't done, but I felt pushed out. And not to upset my mother any further, I didn't push it. So the second day when I went out to the house, brother number two said, go home, everything's done, we don't need your help. And it was weird because I was always close to my mother, but I felt there was some sort of undercurrent going on where I felt she was angry at me. And I feel now what, has hap what happened then was that Stuff was being said to her against me because brother number two had this plan all along to push me out. He didn't. He wanted to be the one in control. And not to say that I'm a controller, but at the same time, I was my parents' POA and executor as far as what my mother told me. I never seen the documents, but this is what she said if something were to happen to them. So... After the funeral, my mother was upset at me. I didn't know why. I told her when I did call that I did call, but brother number two told me that she was always busy, everything was done, stay home. Then I think she started to realize what was going on, the dynamics then. I let it go, and I shouldn't have. I should have really realized even then how brother number two was out to to get me, to push me out, to be the the father of the family, to control my mother. Jumping ahead, uh, January, February of 2009, my mom brings me to a lawyer. I sit in the office. She comes out and says, you're going to take care of me. So she had done up a will on her own, uh, named me as her POA, named me as her executor. Things went along okay for a couple of years brother number two calls me in 2012 and or 2013 and tries to convince me to convince my mother not to spend her money to renovate her kitchen i said of course she should spend her money to renovate her kitchen it's what she wants in fact before my father died my father said now sue you'll be able to get that dining room suite that you've always wanted, meaning when my father died, insurance monies will come in and she'll be able to afford the dining room set that she always wanted. My parents had six, six kids on one income. They couldn't afford a lot. I made a joke one time, there won't be anything left, meaning that I always thought and believed when my mother always said they just barely scraping by with six kids and a mortgage and life and so on and so forth. But of course, one of my brothers, brother number one, embellished that and said I was only after them for money when my mother always told me they had none. In fact, before they went to Vegas uh, with some other relatives, my husband and I, we had six kids, but we gave them some money for that trip. It wasn't a lot. I believe it was 500 each or something. But anyway, uh, they were thrilled. And we were glad to do that. So anyway, uh, jumping ahead, uh, when brother number two tried to convince me not to, to, to convince my mother not to spend money to renovate her kitchen, he went around and called brother number one, 
told them a lie, told him a lie, and said that I was for it. Boy, I didn't want Mom to spend money and renovate their kitchen. It's an old house, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, that was a lie that caused a big stink in our family. I felt so distressed and upset that two of my brothers were after me, and then they got brother number three involved. And they were went after me with a vengeance because all of a sudden brother number one believed number two's lie, and I never said such thing. And my mother said, no, I know that you want me to spend my money to renovate that kitchen. Oh, never mind brother number two, uh, she named him. He, you know, never mind him. And she went ahead and renovated her kitchen. It cost her $22,000, I believe. So things went along. So we moved back from Barrie to Sudbury. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I, I now that I'm back home, more or less, I'll get more involved uh, and uh, talk to my mother about what I should know, you know, something were to happen. So she showed me the books. And I remember looking at one of the documents that I saw earlier because brother number uh, four uh, has a mental illness and my parents had a life insurance policy. With that particular brother, I, I remember seeing an original copy, but that's missing now, of course. But the original copy showed that if something were to happen to brother number four, and my parents had passed, then any money is left over from his paying his bills, etc., that it would be split evenly amongst the rest of us siblings. But then when I saw the newer updated version, I saw that brother number two self-designated himself as the only beneficiary of brother number four's insurance policy that my parents paid for and so that any monies that would come I believe was 20 for accident and 25 for death I have all those papers and they've been provided in in sworn affidavits that now brother number two were would be the one that would inherit and receive the balance of that money so without telling me, even though I was still named as my mother's executor and POA, that he would now be the sole beneficiary of Brother Numbers Four's um, demise. So I contacted Brother Number Three, he contacted Brother Number Two, and then all hell broke loose against me. And that was in December 2014. So that's when the, the hate campaign really ratcheted up against me. And so I received emails, I received phone calls. Uh, it was just hell. And my mother just wanted peace in the family. And all of a sudden, this was going on. So she went away on a trip to Florida with her sister. And when she came back, I thought, wow, this will be nice. Uh, it was in February 2015. Mom will be relaxed and she'll be glad to be home, but had a wonderful trip. When I walked into her house, I saw that she didn't even come to the door. And I said, Mom, I'm home. And she was sitting in her rocking chair and she looked so down and depressed. And I went up to her and I said, to her, Mom, what's wrong? 
And then I, she didn't say anything. And she just couldn't put her head down. And then I looked and there was the will on her cupboard, her kitchen cupboard. And I said, what's this? And she said, they want me to change everything. Meaning my brothers, three of them, at least out of five. And I said, what do you mean they want you to change everything? Well, they want me to change everything. And she burst out crying. And I'll never forget that. She burst out crying. I said, do you want everything to change? And she said, no, I like things the way they are. I want things to stay the way they are. So in defense of my mother, I wrote an email, sent it to my brothers. They, of course, ignored the email, didn't respond, barraged my mother, called her, bullied a person in her late 70s to agreed to this family meeting that brother number two wanted to have. <sighs> she went along with it. I walked in there. My mother looked so distraught. This was the family meeting that brother number two wanted to have. And he felt it was important. He more or less bullied my mother to have this meeting that she did not want to have. But she had three of her five sons go after her like bullies. And she finally agreed to this meeting. But underneath all of that, the meeting was for brother number two, was to remove me as her POA. And sure enough, it started off with, we have to discuss everything that's in the house and who's going to get what, all of that. But before that meeting, I remember walking in and I was saying, what's going on here? And whatever. Brother number one said, oh, just call the police, get her out of here. I thought, you son of a gun. This is what's going on? So then my mother started crying. And I went into the living room. And then I came and I tried to comfort her. She just held her fists up, like, in other words, pushed me away. So brother number two is the one comforting her. And he's the one that bullied her to have this meeting in the first place. So then anyway, uh, I went back to my I sat at the chair at the at the kitchen table where everyone was given a note uh, of an agenda that I also had put in my uh, affidavit. And it had listed a variety of things, but it was also, there was a vote to be held as to who should be our mother's POA. In other words, my brothers wanted a vote to decide as to who my mother should have as her POA. They wanted to take her voice away. For her, they didn't want her to be the one to decide. They wanted their own agenda. And I sat there as my brother, uh, brother number two, held this vote. And thank God in March 2015, he lost that day. It was four to three, where the vote was for me to stay on as her POA. But it was devastating. I ended up, after that meeting, going home and more or less I was just completely devastated. I stayed in bed for almost two weeks, crying, shocked, depressed, really realizing how much my three brothers now were out to get me and bully me bully my mother, manipulate her, destroy this family. 
And I remember my daughter Jessica convincing me to go for counseling, crisis counseling, because I was so depressed. Uh, Chanel came out and tried to get me to go get out of bed and so on. I did go for crisis counseling. I talked to uh, my mother about it and I told her that. Uh, but apparently when she told my brothers, they said that I was using uh, how I felt so that I could gain her sympathy. So therefore, they were mocking me feeling suicidal and depressed. With the counseling, I was told by one of the counselors to stay away now from this family that had become toxic, even my mother, because she was being manipulated. I felt coerced. Uh, she went along with this meeting when she didn't want to go. So that was my proof of that and how she would tell my brothers these things that I told her in deepest confidence and I felt betrayed by my mother. Maybe she did it in a way that was trying to say to them, stop it. But when they more or less told her that I was using it to gain her sympathy, I knew I, I couldn't trust her. And uh, anyway, so things seemed to settle down for a bit, but they weren't behind my back. When we purchased this home, we had two vehicle loans and we were, we still owed my mother $10,000 that she'd volunteered to give to us as a gift and I said, well, I'll pay you back. But with the bank, uh, you know, she told the bank lender it was a gift and she signed a gift form. And so she, and when she lent it to us, she offered, she volunteered, we were in her kitchen. Uh, our debt ratio was, because of the two car loans, the bank wanted an extra 10,000. So when my mother had asked my husband and I, why weren't we going with the Bank of Montreal? I had said that they wanted an extra 10. And she said, well, I have that in my bank account. She said, I have 19,000. I'll give you 10 and you don't have to pay me back. And I said, well, you better let brother number two know because he'll twist this. And she said, oh, never mind him. He doesn't have to know. And I said, well, you'll have to come to the bank to say that it's a gift. And, you know, this is what you have to do, because if it shows that we owe you, she said, no, you don't have to pay me back. I said, well, mom, I want to. But I said, the bank wants you to come in and, and sign. A, the bank will want you to come in and sign a gift form. So she came with us. She signed a gift form. She gave us the 10. And between her and I, I said, no, mom, I still want to pay you back within the year or within a year, I should be able to pay you back. And what happened is before the year was up, two months before, brother number two convinced his, uh, or asked his financial advisor, investor, to convince my mother that it was illegal for me to now be her POA he saw that window window of opportunity because I owed her money. And it isn't illegal to be a person's POA if you owe them money. 
and there was no document between us that I owed the money. But he then convinced the investor to convince my mother that this was going on. And this was September 22nd, 2015. <clears throat> so my mother, without calling me, thought, oh, well, I'll believe the investor. And she signed papers with this uh, investor as a witness to revoke me as her POA. <clears throat> and when I called her, I said, what were you doing? And, and she kind of hemmed and hawed. And I said, and then she said, shuffling papers. And I said, well, who was there? And brother number two and the investor. I said, why? Why wasn't I there? I'm your POA and executor. I, I should know what's going on. Oh, well, we just shuffled papers. Uh, so when I called brother number two, uh, and he said, well, we all voted against you. I'm her POA. And I called him some names and I hung up. <clears throat> But then I realized my mother, yeah, they shuffled papers, but she wasn't forthright and honest with me. So then, again, I was devastated. And all of these things lasted from actually 2012 with the kitchen renovation to now. So I'm going to jump ahead really fast to end this podcast uh, within 10 minutes. I hired a lawyer. Once my mother ended up in the hospital, she had brain bleed. I had to fire my lawyer after three years because he continually lied to me. Uh, but before I hired a lawyer, uh, my mother revoked my brothers. They came down and went after her. One of the, brother number two came down after her. He told me to my face in front of my mother that he wished that I uh, didn't wake up this morning. I was scared because he more or less wanted me dead. And I called my husband. Uh, then my husband came over and he stood in front of brother number two. Uh, and he had went around my mother who was standing at the cupboard and he stood up to my brother number two and was saying, let's take this outside. Uh, but brother number two ran outside and didn't say anything, but he's got a black belt in karate. So he really wasn't afraid of my husband who's an old railroader <laughs> and has a hard time walking and uses a cane. But he ran outside, and then after all of this happened, uh, when brother number two discovered he was revoked, he convinced my mother to revoke me again. So then he also called the police, him and brother number one, and said I was barraging my mother, and they accused me of stealing. The police called me, and that <laughs> no charges happened because of that, of course, because it was a lie. And then my I stayed away from my family. Again, more emails again. Uh, my brother, my, I did talk to my mother for, for quite a few months uh, because I just felt I couldn't trust her anymore. She was knee deep in, in with my brothers and she didn't reach out to us um, to come over for Thanksgiving uh, two days before. And when I did discover this, getting back to the second time she revoked me, after we both worked hard at, at changing everything over, uh, she went to the lawyer and named me and my youngest brother as her POA. 
and we uh, removed that uh, the financial dealings with that particular uh, corrupt <laughs> financial investor, that she, we went to the Royal Bank instead, and I then behind my back, she revoked me again. And this was after her own son wished for my death in front of her. So I knew then that, okay, there's something wrong. I saw signs that she was forgetting. I saw signs that she wasn't comprehending things. And I knew then that she must be in the stages of early stages of dementia and how easy it must have been for my brothers to convince her to now hate her only daughter, um, n not like her youngest son, um, and just push us out of the family. So wrapping this up, she ended up with a brain bleed in the hospital. There was a lot of stuff that went on. My brother tried, brother number two tried to trip me. Brother number tried, three tried to prevent me and my family from seeing my mother. When I saw that she had brain bleed due to possibly having vascular dementia, I forgave her right away. And I realized the pressure that this must have put on her, which probably aggravated her, her health even more. Uh, there was a meeting at the hospital. My brothers didn't invite me and my youngest brother because my, when my mother asked me several times, she promised to take care of her, uh, keep her in her home like my grandmother until the very end, of course, uh, that she was being convinced that they were the they were the men of the family they knew more than the daughter they knew more than her daughter or the girl in the family there was a family meeting apparently at the hospital brother number five the youngest one and myself we weren't invited to that so we weren't able to tell the doctor that we would like to take care of her mother we would offer to take care of her in our home or in her home, make sure respite care comes. They didn't invite us. We didn't know. I found out that brother number two was now going to take her to Little Current where he lives. He's the only one there away from her home, her family, her church, her friends, all of 47 years. And there was more stuff that went on after that that you can't believe. Uh, she is now in a home. It's been five years. I had a lawyer, fired a lawyer because he lied, never went to court. Uh, I developed heart disease. I ended up having open heart surgery. I represented myself for about a year. That lawyer that my brothers had, their second lawyer, went after me with a, a vengeance. And uh, at the end of that, the lawyer stuff that went on, they lost in court for costs. Uh, it was 60-some thousand they were trying to sue me for or take it out of my inheritance. They lost. At this chase stage, um, it's still difficult for me to talk about. My mother's still in this facility. She has dementia. She did call me uh, March of 2022. She had a lucid moment where she begged me to forgive her. I said, Mom, I already did. Uh, I'd like to get her out of there. I'd like to bring her home, and but I need at least 
five, ten thousand to hire a new lawyer, one from Toronto, possibly away from Sudbury, uh, and bring her home so that she's not alone when we go to see her. Uh, I brought her a therapeutic doll recommended to me by the Alzheimer's Society. The same day I brought her that baby doll with the clothes, brother number two stole it. I called the police on him. The OPP said there was nothing they could do. He could literally take any gift that we give our mother that's meant to soothe her or comfort and keep it. His wife, for brother number two, wanted jewelry. And this was mentioned by brother number two during that family meeting in March of 2015. His wife was coveting my mother's jewelry. She probably has a lot of it. One of my nieces has the brinestone necklace. I don't know who has all the other jewelry. It's, it's terrible what went on. The worst thing about it all is I almost died. My mother almost died from depression because I have hundreds of recorded calls with her uh, experiencing the shock, loneliness, depression, being taken away from her home, her family. And at this point, I don't know what to do. I did receive more counseling to cope, but you can't separate your head from your heart. I wish I could win the lottery to pay for a high-priced lawyer. If anyone knows of any good lawyers or has any additional monies they want to send me to hire this lawyer, I'd be more than grateful to receive that. But at this point, I just pray that She will find her peace someday, and I'll find peace someday in dealing with such a horrific, dysfunctional, toxic family situation. Take care, everyone.